I'm Madison. And I'm Emily. And this is the Hockey Trash Cast. Week two? Week two of... Week, week two, yes. The, the actual NHL having a season again. Woohoo! I Time is non-existent, so... Um, congrats to the Stars for finally playing their first game, like, a week and a half after it was scheduled. They did it. Um, and also, RIP to the uh, Hurricanes, who have had several games now postponed for COVID reasons. Yes. Um, apparently, this was not made clear to me, so I felt like it should be uh, mentioned. But the COVID list isn't just people who, like, have COVID. Like, it can be, like, they just have, like, any maybe they need to quarantine or yeah yeah that's why it's the covid protocol list so anyone who may have come in contact with their quarantining or i assume anyone who like had an inconclusive test and hasn't had a follow-up or anyone who's tested positive yes so like four of the caps are currently on the covid list i think i don't know if we ever got like an official confirmation but at least, but the rumor is one of them tested positive, but he was unmasked in a room with the other three, so they're all on the COVID list. Yeah, and it's interesting because, like, the more I'm hearing about it, the more unclear it is. Like, it's entirely possible that they're all on the COVID protocol list just because they broke the rules. Like, it might not even be that they were exposed, which is not what I had initially thought. Well, no. Yeah, the initial report I saw, and again, like, I don't know how legit it was, was that Samsonov, I think, their goalie, whoever their little Russian goalie baby is, tested positive on Tuesday, and then I think Wednesday was the night that four of them were in a hotel room together without masks, but I don't know, very unclear, but also, yeah, the Caps got fined, I think. $10,000 $10,000 or $100,000. They got fined a lot of money. And yeah. Yeah, so then a bunch of them are on the COVID list. And yeah, I guess it's unclear as to whether that's because they broke the rules. Or if that's a, like, you have to quarantine. Who knows? Yeah. No. It's very confusing. And I don't really understand. I know for a fact that contrary to what... uh Nashovich seems to think it has nothing to do with the fact that they're Russian. <laughs> like yeah, this was, is not this is not a ru- anti-Russian was, conspiracy. <laughs> that was a hot take. Like <laughs> Russians are like I don't know. Maybe there are Canadians who are breaking the rules, but they're not dumb enough to get caught. Like possible, but also like how can you really say that when you've got like the hurricanes are like not having games being played and the stars like the entire team had COVID like come on like it's not Eric Johnson was on COVID protocol for a long time and he is very much not Russian he's American like (laughs) I just like it it was just such a preposterous take I couldn't believe it I mean, I guess they're the first people we've seen get fined for violating protocols. Yes. So, like, maybe that's for things like, oh, only Russians will get in trouble for breaking the rules. But, but also, like, maybe like, only Russians are breaking the rules. <laughs> like, I don't, like, we don't know. Like, G.J. Oshie straight up said in an interview, like, 
I knew what the rules were. Like, I assumed we weren't allowed to be in each other's hotel rooms. Yeah, like, well, he didn't even have to assume because he was fucking told. It's not like TJ Oshie's a fucking, like, brainiac genius over here. Like, (laughs) he just fucking did. Like, and I, it would not surprise me that, um, generally speaking, the, like, Americans and Canadians and Europeans are more likely to follow the rules than the Russians, considering Russia has not really had a lot of rules relating to COVID. So if they've been, like, their families and if they've been back to their home at all, would probably just be, like, kind of confused by the level of restrictions that we're dealing with. But we're also seeing it with Americans that, like, the teams that are based out of areas that have loose restrictions are the ones that are having more issues because they're not around those level of restrictions as much. And I biting them in the ass, big surprise. And I mean, you can, you can argue all you want about whether or not the rules make sense. They don't, but like that doesn't matter. When they're in the locker room or on the bench and like they're breathing on each other and like basically spitting on each other mm-hmm. for like, all of the game and all of the time they're in the locker room. So like if they're going to get COVID from each other, like it's probably going to happen there and not in the hotel room. But at the same time, like they did agree to play by the rules and the yeah. rules that you can't do that. And there are spaces where they're allowed to hang out together mask in the hotel room and like again you can talk about how dumb the rules are because like they're not super logical but the nhl had to have rules and like try to mitigate some risk and <laughs> like just follow like just accept it like these guys make so much money and these rules are really not preposterous considering we're in a fucking pandemic like if anything they're too loose so like I'm not saying that they should be, like, trapped in rooms alone, but, like, the fact that they're even playing hockey at all is, like, not advisable under the current pandemic. Yeah, Yeah. the travel, like, all of it, like, is so unsafe. So it's, like, just fucking get over it. Like, just get over it. And Ryan Clark did a piece on, like, all of the precautions around travel and everything right now for The Athletic, and, like, now the... Now they can't fill a bus more than 50%. So it takes like three or four buses to get a team anywhere. The drivers are no longer allowed to help with luggage because they like don't want the drivers getting up close with the players and like That makes sense. But the flight attendants on all the flights have to take like 400 COVID tests. Like the amount of work that like other people have to put in to make the league work, like, the least they can do is follow the dumb fucking rules that the NHL came up with. Seriously. It's just not, like, you're hearing stories of, like, uh, Nazem Kadri brought Monopoly with him and was playing it with Andre Burkowski, so clearly there's ways for them to, like, socialize, just not in each other's rooms. So, like, there's really no reason that, like, if they wanted to watch, like, a Russian soccer game that the Russians couldn't have gathered elsewhere with like a fucking laptop and watch the game like i just don't really have time for it but i mean i guess this is 
what we've got to look forward to for the next however many months the season lasts. Also, it's like not surprising that this is the caps that this is happening to because one, it's Ovechkin who is like one of the richest and like most like hailed players of like not even just in the US, but like he's very popular in Russia as well. Um so he's not used to experiencing consequences. And then also the caps just like generally don't really seem to have much of a culture of receiving consequences in that like they just beat the shit out of people and everyone's like, whatever, they're hot though. So they also have the most intricate rituals of any team. It's like true. they are constantly on top of each other and like fighting each other and Yeah. Who fucking knows what else? So like Great, I'm glad you all have all of that great camaraderie and you're close, but like also maybe just follow the goddamn rules. Just throwing it out there. Um, I also don't think this is going to be like the last uh, time. I mean, maybe it will be. I think the reason that this fine is so large is the NHL is just trying to like stop anyone else from breaking these rules. So like you might be saying like they're clearly trying to set an example here. Um, and I think that's fair. Um, yeah. I don't know if it will stop. I mean, hopefully it'll at the very least stop the Caps from breaking any more rules. Who knows if it'll stop other teams. I mean, I imagine some of the smaller market teams, they saw that come out. They're like, all of you better fall in line because we don't have $100,000 to just like yeah. give right now. I think the finding the team rather than the players is gonna make is gonna make them fall in line more because we know the teams are struggling financially and I can absolutely see like that fine coming out and everyone like on like the fucking coyotes getting like a huge ass fucking zoom call from their owners being like if you fucking if you fuck this up for us <laughs> Yeah we like, will come Connor for McDavid, you. <laughs> Connor McDavid and his 13 million dollars or whatever nonsense he's making like that money could not possibly matter less like no. he probably has a bank account somewhere that makes that an interest in like a month yeah on the other hand yeah um whoever owns the arizona coyotes is like i would prefer to not have to spend that money please thank you. yeah seriously or like the fucking <laughs> panthers nothing whoever that is doesn't have several billion dollars sitting in a bank account somewhere but like yeah, like I'm not, I'm not feeling bad for the rich people. I'm just yeah. acknowledging that they're going to be really upset if they have to spend that money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because their essentially employees are being dumbasses. Like that's yeah. really what it boils down to. So, and so yeah, and also those uh, bosses have the power to trade them to undesirable locales. So, <laughs> like Winnipeg or Columbus. <laughs> Uh, speaking of Winnipeg and Columbus, uh, Patrick Laine, who is on injured reserve, was traded. It wasn't a one-for-one -one trade. There were other things involved. But essentially was traded for Pierre-Luc Dubois, who has been throwing a fucking temper tantrum on the Columbus Blue Jackets. It might be deserved. Like, fuck John Tortorella. Like, I'm not holding this against PLD necessarily. But, like, that's literally what happened. Like, holy fuck, did shit hit the van there? <laughs> yeah, so the trades are, it's PLD and the third round 2022 pick. 
for Line and Jack Roslevic. Um, it's important to note that Roslevic is an RFA who had not signed a new contract. He's from Columbus originally, so he's just been like in Columbus chilling. Um, because he just like really didn't want to play in Winnipeg, so he didn't sign a new contract. So Winnipeg was like, "Great, you want to fucking be in Columbus? Be in Columbus." In wow, what a shit show. Um, I know that there have been rumors that Line A isn't super happy in Winnipeg. Uh, oh, he's come out and said it. Before. Yeah, like, uh, but he it wasn't it didn't reach the level of uh, Pierre Luc Dubois' agent directly telling them that he wanted to be traded. And then uh, he'll be playing like shit and Tortorella benching him for a few periods and forcing a trade, which, like, I don't know the drama. Like, John Tortorella's terrible. Nobody wants to play for Columbus or Winnipeg. <laughs> yeah, the the resounding number of posts and commentary that literally boiled down to can't believe PLD is going to Winnipeg, the Ohio of Canada. <laughs> pretty great. And yeah, Line is going to Ohio, the Manitoba of the US. <laughs> it really is. Ooh. Especially Columbus. Like, I don't know, I haven't been to Columbus, so maybe I'm just judging. I've been to like Cincinnati. It's not bad. But uh Columbus I- considerably smaller than Cincinnati. <laughs> I've driven through Columbus and I've been to Cleveland. I have not heard good things about Cleveland. Um, there's a cool science museum. That's really all I can offer. Yeah. Uh, but I've driven through Ohio several times at this point and it's terrible. Yeah, I'm not a big Ohio stan. No. So... But I, I guess we'll see how that goes, um, especially considering that Columbus traded one of their best centers for a wing who's on IR and a wing who pitched a fit about not liking his playing time in Winnipeg. Yeah, I really don't see how this trade is going to work out for either of them. It's truly fascinating. <sighs> I mean, I think also, PLD might be signed through next year. Line A was on a one-year deal. I think Roslovic may have signed for two years, but also he's from Ohio, so he might just like want to be there. I feel like there's a not insignificant chance that neither of those two is still on that team next season. Um, especially like. So now that I think about it, because it's international, I'm wondering if, like, maybe how long Line is on IR for is going to match how long PLD has to quarantine for in order to move to Winnipeg. Yeah, I guess I don't know what the extent of Line's injury is, but that would actually be really funny if it was, you know, two weeks or whatever the quarantine period is. Yeah, uh, it might. Be, I mean, I imagine it's probably longer for Line, but like that might be kind of the like. Uh, part of the reasoning behind being willing to trade for someone on IR. It's like yeah. Line and Dubois are both really talented players, but yeah. Um, but also, I don't I think- don't know that they're well-suited for these teams. 
Also, I don't think either of them is as good as, like, the hockey world seems to think. Like, PLD was really good in the bubble. And so that was when the, like, everyone get obsessed with PLD thing started. But, I mean, I feel like you can't really base a whole lot off of a month of good play. Was Columbus even in the bubble for a month? I don't think so, no. And, like, Lineway had his one 40-whatever goal season. And then I think last year was an off year for him, but he still had, like, 20-something goals. But, like, also, I don't know that he can do a lot other than score. Like, I don't think he has a very complete game, so... Neither of the players have, like, are super outstanding, but they are also objectively the best players on their team, which is what makes it such a bizarre trade. Because you're, like, they're trading for the best player on someone else's team, but, like, how well are they going to fit on this new team that still fucking sucks? Like... They're not, you know, it's not like it was a center for a center or something. So, like, one team lost a top wing to get a center who will slot in somewhere, and one team lost a wing, or lost a center to get, again, like a wing to put somewhere. somewhere. Yeah, it's just a very interesting situation all around. Um, yeah. yeah I- I guess we'll see how it goes. I don't really watch either of those divisions super no. closely, so um, apologies on that level. But <laughs> actively don't follow Columbus, and yeah, the thing I'm like sort of vaguely aware of in the way that like I know teams in Canada exist. <laughs> I the when I first started getting into hockey. I mean, I've been into hockey for a really long time, but when I first started, like, really, really getting into hockey, um, when I had season tickets my first year out of college for the Avs, um, I vividly remember seeing the Blue Jackets on the schedule and just thinking that it meant the Blues, and then getting to the game and realizing that Columbus had a hockey team and being like, oh. I literally... So I, it was right after I had moved back to Colorado a couple of years after college and one of my friends and I were like, we should go to a game, we should go to a game. And it was like towards the end of the season, we ended up going to see game 82 when we beat the Blues to get into the playoffs in... I cried that game. <laughs> Whatever that was. Um, but like, I... I'm not kidding. We went to that game and I thought we were seeing the Blue Jackets. I, like, <laughs> was not sure who we were playing. I just, like, the Blue Jackets are easily the team that I forget about the most of any team. Oh, yeah. um, and that's not, like, like, no offense, Blue Jackets fans. Um, I'm sorry for your loss and that you have to root for this shitty team with fucking John Tortorella as the coach. But, um... Yeah, I really just don't uh, think about them at all, ever. Other than, like, I know they have a cannon. They have a cannon. And they swept the lightning in the playoffs. Which was was fucking iconic. That was truly the best Blue Jackets moment probably ever. Yes. 
Yeah. On a on the note of trades, uh, farewell to Ian Cole. Yeah, we traded him for someone a year younger, but like way worse. worse. is but like I bad. Saved, I think it saved us like one point two million dollars in cap space. Which people are saying is probably going to get used for Byram. And after seeing Byram play, I'm like, all right, I get it. We needed to make some room on our defense. Like, we've got like, the youngins sorry. are coming in and there's just no room for Ian Cole anymore. Um, yeah, because that's the thing is, I think we'd be okay waving Pattern yeah. to put him on the taxi squad. But I don't think we could do that to Ian Cole. Like, he was too good, and we were paying him too much to leave him on the taxi squad. Yeah. And also, he'd probably get taken if we waived him. Oh, 100%. Ian Cole is, like, he's not great, but, like, he's been on a championship team. He's got that, like, leadership veteran quality to him. He he's can big, really... he's got grit, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, I think Ian Cole definitely serves a purpose on the ice, whereas I cannot say the same purpose <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so he's, they've got him on the PK, I think, and I think he has some experience with that, and, like, literally the quote from Sackick was, you know, he's got grit on the back end, like, we, we had that. Mm-hmm. Was that not literally why we picked up Ian Cole? Yeah, that was, like, his whole fucking thing. Going for the grit. I'm, like, I'm a little bit sad about this. I didn't like Cole that much when we got him. I didn't think he was good. I, like, didn't want him on my team. But he grew on me. He and now really grew on me last season. And, like, when they announced this trade, I was, like, honestly sad. Because I was, like, I feel, like, my first thought was, like, who is Matt Calvert going to, like, uh, like, bump into at the beginning of warm-ups? <gasps> no! <laughs> so I was more sad for Matt than anyone else. But, like, I don't know, man. It it did. It made me kind of sad because I was like, oh, I I felt like he finally found a place on the team last year where he fit and benefited us, and now he's gone. Yeah. Rich, I mean, right now, like, our whole roster is in a weird place because we played EJ, like, definitely before he was ready because he had skated for, like, two days. And then we were like, yes, we're putting you in the lineup. And then we did this 7D thing because Burakovsky was out, but we, like, didn't want to call someone up from the taxi squad about it. And so none of our defensive pairings made any sense. And we're, like, settling down into something a little more normal now. But just, like, hey, dude, welcome to the team. Uh, Welcome to chaos. Yeah, our lineup's very fucked up right now. Um, our defense is doing some interesting shit. Um, this was kind of a harbinger of a lot of the weird lineup shit that was going down. Um, so it makes more sense in retrospect than it did like in the moment when I first heard about the trade. I was literally thought I was losing my mind. Um, yeah, I mean, I immediately was like, okay, first of all, I've never heard of this dude. Let's go look him up. And then I looked him up. I was like, okay, well, he's cheaper than Ian Cole. He's a year younger than Ian Cole. And um, every single one of his stats is worse than Ian Cole. Yeah. 
Good trade, Joe. Good trade. Yes. But he was in the same hotel as the Avs because the Wild were in Anaheim while the Avs were playing the Kings. So I assume they just like shuffled him up a floor and were like, welcome to your new team, dude. Yeah, they didn't have to, neither of the players had to quarantine because they were already like in the same place at the same time, which is a benefit for sure um, on a trade level. I, when, like as a Californian, I'm very curious as to like where this hotel is. I'm not going to like try to like go and like annoy the players or anything. I just like, <laughs> they're like staples center and like honda center are not really that close to each other in terms of like the geography of southern california especially when you factor in traffic so i'm like (laughs) very curious as to like where they decided the halfway point was and i'm like kind of worried that it's like because there's a lot of really like boring places in between like dtla and anaheim so i'm like where the fuck are they putting these people because like I mean, maybe they have them somewhere nice on a beach, which would be great, but uh, who knows? They're allowed to, like, leave the hotel and do things, so, I mean, they could be in a hotel in fucking anywhere. Yeah, they could be in fucking Walnut, honestly. Um, That is a city in California. Um, It's not a bad city. It's just, like, right on the border of L.A. County and Orange County. And there's, like, it's very suburban. Like, it's (laughs) nothing going on there. Um... But yeah, traffic-wise, that's got to be really annoying considering, like, both Anaheim and, like, LA Live, where Staples Center is, have, like, these really nice hotels that are literally walking distance from, like, the arenas. (laughs) So now they have to, like, get bus to those games, whereas, like, previously they could be, like, all right, let's let's take a trip, but it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, speaking of California hockey, it has been announced that the Sharks are playing their first two home games in Arizona because they're still not allowed to play in San Jose. Yeah, Santa Clara County is not fucking around. Which, like, I can't be mad at them for considering Northern California is, like, the only part of the state that isn't just, like, absolutely, like, in shambles right now. Um. I think we're at, like, one person dying of COVID every six minutes in Los Angeles last that I checked. So, like, it's not, we're not, straight up not having a good time. I have to, like, go to the pharmacy to get some fucking medications today, and I'm like, hope I don't die. (laughs) Um, Yikes. So. I'm amazed that, like, like, the reason that they're probably doing better in Northern California is because they're actually fucking trying with their restrictions, because LA has been really, like, loose with them. Not as loose as OC has been. The OC does not care. Um, yeah, I love seeing all the, like, oh, um, they've literally said that, like, if your survival rate is low when the ambulance shows up, they're just not gonna take you to the hospital because they don't have space for you. But the mall is open, so that's that's fine. That's literally LA. Like, I was reading an article that was like, if your oxygen level is below 90%, they just won't give you oxygen in the hospital because they don't have enough oxygen in LA. And I was like, cool. So if I get COVID and end up in the hospital, I'm straight up going to die because I have asthma and my oxygen level is below 90% at like random times in my life. So like, that's good. That's good. Great. I'm thrilled. So happy to know that my I'm just going to fucking die if I get COVID. Cool. Um... 
Anyway, rest in peace, me. Hopefully, <laughs> no one gets COVID. Um, stay safe, everyone. On a bright note, the NWHL bubble has begun. Their games are live streaming on Twitch, and you should definitely be watching them. They're super fun. They're super fun. Also, like, all sorts of big-name hockey people have been dropping in and just gifting a million subs. Which is so cool. So cool. JT Brown showed up and gifted a handful. I think he gifted 50. And then Steve Dangle showed up and gifted some. So then he came back and gifted 21 more. So he could have 71, which is Soroya Tinker's number, which was super cute. But, like, Steve Dangle has gifted a bunch, a bunch of just, like, random, I think Evolving Wild gifted a bunch. It's just, like, random hockey Twitter people are in there being, like, y'all are supporting women's hockey, so here. It's, yeah, it's very exciting to see the game. Um, Every once in a while, there'll be an actual commercial during a commercial break, and I never have been so pumped in my life to see commercials before. Like, there was a USA ad on one of the games I was watching, and I was like, fuck yeah, women's hockey, let's fucking go. Um, there was one for, like, some TV show that was called, like, Next Door Alien. Or yes! Something. I have no idea. Like, this is actually funny and 100% better than every single NHL TV and NBCSN ad I've ever seen in my life. Oh, my God. I've, yeah, like, we don't have to watch fucking Adina Menzel sing the same song every fucking commercial break. This is this is so much better than the NHL. <laughs> real also like the production value of these games is great like every time a team scores whoever's running the lights like strobes lights in the color of that team so like the minnesota whitecaps just won in the shootout against the toronto six and uh there were like blue and black lights going because they won like it's really fun to watch um, the commentators are, like, having a good time with it, which is nice. They actually seem to enjoy each other's presence, which I cannot say for, like, most national broadcasts in the U.S., at least. Yeah. Um, it's it's a good time. Definitely check it out. The chat is so wholesome. Like, I saw people in the chat being like, hey, can someone, like, explain, like, this thing to me? And it's, like, a simple hockey question. And then, like, just a bunch of people will respond with, like, actual answers. Like, not being dicks about it. And, like, (laughs) the commentators interact with the chat. They're like, oh, somebody was asking about whatever. And, like, here's what's going on. It's so cool. It's so great. Like, I love it. Like, when they, when, uh... The last game of the night yesterday went into overtime, and so they, like, explained how the overtime was working, and they were, like, looking in the chat for, like, live questions about it. So, this is, it's very fun. It's, uh... So fun. I don't know. What are the kids seeing these days? It's poggers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand Twitch. I, like, never use it. <laughs> I don't either. I, like, watched one... Like, watched, like, 20 minutes of one Nathan McKinnon... Fortnite stream and I was like I can't do this I I follow like a bunch of my friends who stream on Twitch but I like rarely tune into them because I just don't understand yeah I don't I don't get it and And also they all live in different time zones and I'm like at work when it's like oh this person's going live and I'm like it's three in the afternoon like I'm busy (laughs) 
Uh, but yeah, also just like the secondhand embarrassment watching Nate play video games was too much for me. <laughs> I can't be here for this. Oh, it's uh, yeah. The gifting of subscriptions has been so exciting to see because that's like direct financial support for women in hockey. I think they said that like fifty percent of fifty-fifty revenue split between yeah. the players in the league. So that's very exciting. Um, I haven't fully decided on a team that I'm supporting just yet. Um, but I just love them all so much. So. There, I, mean, I feel like there's not a bad choice. No. They're all great. But yeah. All of you should tune in and watch if you're not doing that already which i assume you are because you're all cool people of course i definitely have been watching and it's been super fun um let's look at the abs shall we uh, what what even happened this week? I don't remember how time works, so oh, okay. we're take a, all right. We played the Kings on two Sadie, and um, we won barely, which is embarrassing because the Kings are not good. Yeah. Um, uh, Nathan McKinnon did get his five hundredth NHL point. So good for him. Nathan, looking at like where Nathan McKinnon stacks up with like players in like the history of the Avalanche franchise is always so wild. Because you're like, holy, like he's already like about to break records, and he's like, <laughs> he's still he's got plenty of time. Like, he's just chilling up there with like first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, it's this is, this is fine. This is super chill and normal. Like, every time I watch Nathan McKinnon play, I'm fully aware of how blessed I am to, like, be alive to watch him play live hockey. But, like, then you see those and you're just like, Jesus Christ, like, he is so good. <laughs> like, it's it hard is. to understand it with my absurd. mere mortal brain. Um, yeah, but we did almost give up a three-goal lead, so that was, like, not super chill of us. Yeah, super not cool. And then on Thursday, we went ahead and we're like, yeah, the Kings can win. Which... And the worst part of that was, it was also, it was Bo Byram's first game. I know. And also, we had to start Hunter Miska because Franzos is hurt and we weren't going to play Grubauer on a back-to-back. We're like, okay, it's the Kings. We can, like, let Hunter Miska have his first NHL start. This is fine. And then the team was like, but what if we just didn't show up? That's really what happened. The Avs really looked like shit that night. It was, like, hard to watch. Yeah. I I watched the first period, and I was like, okay, we're up two. Like, this is this is okay. I went to bed. I woke up the next morning, and I was like, I'm sorry, the score was what? Yeah, I watched the whole game and I was like this. I I did turn it off when the Kings scored their the empty netter at the end. I was like, I'm out. Like I'm not watching the last minute of this. I'm good. Um, but yeah, it it, uh, it sucked. The Avs just like both the Kings games. The Avs like played a first period and then we're like we out and it was like uh 
No, because the Kings are objectively a worse team. Like, there is less talent. But the Kings did play a full 60 minutes of hockey, and that's literally all the difference was. It's just that the Kings, like, didn't stop trying. Yeah. And, I mean, Jonathan Quick is good, but, like, Jonathan Quick is not good enough to excuse whatever happened. No. It... This wasn't Jonathan Quick stealing games for the Kings. This was the Avalanche giving the games to the Kings. Yeah. <sighs> um, then Friday, we played the Ducks, and it went to overtime, but at least we won. That one was Gibson stealing the game for the Ducks, That was though. absolutely Gibson stealing the game. Although Bednar was like, frankly, we did not deserve to win that game. No, and we didn't. We looked sloppy, yeah that we did. Oh yeah, no, it was very much a like goalie battle on that For one. Sure. Um but Bowen Byram got his first NHL point and it was on a really beautiful assist on a Miko Rantanen goal. He's so, also like, just was- looked great in general. I mean yes that assist was heavenly, but yeah he's just looked great the whole time. He's he had so an incredible like, bailout save on a play where Grubauer got the initial save and then the rebound went by him and Byron was like, nope, you will not score here. It was in- immaculate. He is so great. Um, watching him like come in as a rookie and just like absolutely outplay like most of our defense when we're like already known for having one of the best defenses in the league has been incredible like I thought he was gonna be good but I think I expected a little more growing pains than I have seen yeah um, and I mean his first game he didn't look as good he didn't look bad he was not like, like Kale McCarr <laughs> he very much looked like you know a kid in his first NHL game mm-hmm. but he looked really good in that second game and I mean I think there will still be some growing pains I mean the fact of the matter is kid's 19 and he's just like he's not done growing yet he is a and child <laughs> he played at this speed and like against guys this big but like also you know he was out there giving Andre Kopitar a run for his money and like that's pretty legit he's very very legit um yeah we play the ducks today shortly um so we'll talk about that next week but hopefully we're able to win again. Cause... I would like us to win. Yes, as well. I would like yes. that to happen. And then we're back at home Tuesday and Thursday against the Sharks. And then next weekend, we've got a doubleheader in Minnesota against Minnesota. I can't believe they're already going to make me look at Ian Cole in a Minnesota jersey. Me so, be so sad. So sad. Um, yeah. yeah um, I'm big sad about that. The Sharks are, like, not good, though, so hopefully we can win those games. Yeah, but they've had some, like, surprising wins, so... I don't you have really... to remember that the West is bad. But I think they might have 
beaten Vegas. Let's let's see what they did. Vegas, let's, did they beat Vegas? Holy shit! Vegas was like Arizona, and then they lost to Arizona. And okay, no, so they lost to St. Louis and then beat St. Louis, and then lost to Minnesota. Okay. I think I think we if we if we want to win, I think we can win those ones. Yes, because the Sharks have don't have goaltending. Like you have to remember that, like there is talent on the Sharks team, but they literally don't have goaltenders that are remotely decent. So if we if our offense tries, there's I really don't think we should be losing many, if any, games to the Sharks this season. Very true. So we decide to play a full sixty minutes, not yes. to sound like a hockey cliche. Yes. But if we play a full sixty minutes, get pucks in deep, our systems, play our game, <laughs> we're gonna win. We'll win this one for the boys. The wild, I think, could be interesting just because, like, there's such heavy, like, bad blood between those two teams that, like, you never know what's gonna happen. And the wild aren't bad this year. They, I think, the like general consensus from the hockey community is the Wild are no longer going to be the most boring team in hockey. Yeah, I don't think that they're like. I wouldn't say that they're like good necessarily, but I they're definitely on the ups. Yeah, and we've always had difficulties with the Wild because like we just like have such a visceral hatred between those teams that like we beat the shit out of each other instead of focusing on the game something about like the way we play and the way they play it just like it does not match up well for us i've I've always kind of felt that way about the kings too like the kings are objectively a bad team but like we always seem to struggle against them for some reason even though like everyone knows we're better and it's because the the kings just play like that slow down the game style of hockey that like the abs are so opposed to the abs do not fuck with slowed down hockey it is as fast as possible all the time which is why it's very exciting like i'm very excited to see us play vegas eventually because like very similar styles of hockey it's going to be super fun because that is the one thing the abs have going against them in this division that they're in is a lot of the teams like to play that slow it down style of hockey and it's just i think the abs can still beat the shit out of someone who plays that style of hockey, especially when they have a more talented roster. Uh, but they, it does yeah. seem to give them more trouble than it's worth. And then the fact that the Wild games are back-to-backs also, I think, will add a level of interest to it. So Yeah. Well, so we're back-to-back, and then it's a day off, and then we go to Minnesota, and we play them again two more times. Yeah. So we've got- Four straight games against Minnesota, which could get very interesting. I'm very, very interested to see how that's going to play out. So, we shall see. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting a week of hockey ahead of us, I believe. I think there's it's always going to be interesting hockey ahead of us because we're going to build up some interesting storylines playing these same teams over and over again. Um, yeah. I think it's kind of, I think it's interesting. So it'll be fun to watch and see what happens. We'll be back next week with more 
hockey news. Yeah, who knows? Maybe there'll be some other blockbuster trade. Matt Barzal for, um, I don't know, Drew Doughty, just for drama. Maybe. For William Nylander, just because we gotta get Toronto involved somehow. (laughs) We shall see. We shall see.